from the Transport Workers Union Air Division offices in Colleyville, Texas. It's the TWU Air Division podcast with Strategic Action Coordinator Brian Parker. Join Brian as he discusses issues that affect the careers and lives of Air Division members. Take it away, Brian. Hello, and welcome to the Transport Workers Union Air Division podcast. I'm your host, Brian Parker. Joining me on the show today is Lynn Montgomery. Lynn is the president of TW Local 556, which represents the flight attendants at Southwest Airlines. Local 556 is currently in contract negotiations with Southwest, and Lynn is Local 556's lead negotiator. Today, we'll be discussing how things are going with negotiations, as well as what all has transpired with the 737 MAX. Welcome to the show today, Lynn. Hey, good afternoon, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with the 737 MAX. Well, this has been a very serious issue for uh, Southwest Airlines and for our flight attendants. Um, the 737 MAX, as you know, was grounded. President John Samuelson, TW International President John Samuelson, led the charge to ensure that this aircraft was going to be grounded until we could ensure its safety. Uh, unions united together on this matter, and Boeing, Southwest Airlines, realized how important unions are when it comes to ensuring the safety of not only our members, our workers, um, and the flying public. And Local 556 had some involvement in the, uh, you know, in this as well. I, I believe I've seen you uh, do some interviews and stuff like that. Can you talk about that? Yes, I um, spoke to... Uh, uh, several different news outlets and uh, wrote a letter to Gary Kelly letting him know that he needs to do whatever it takes even if it inc includes grounding the aircraft and to make sure that safety is a priority over profits. Did you get a response in that letter to Gary Kelly? The response that I got was um, preempted by the grounding. So oh, the grounding okay. occurred and uh, it was a few days later that okay. the grounding occurred. He what? did. He did send back a response saying that you know safety is important. Okay, and what are you uh, what are you hearing as when do you think this thing will be back in the air? Right now, we're hearing September. It's been grounded until September, but until the FAA recertifies the aircraft and they go through the recertification process, and until that aircraft is insured to be safe, I don't know how long it will take. I would imagine it would take at least a month to recertify. They've got to do training. I don't think they should rush it. I don't think they should do a rush training. I think they need to make sure it is 150% safe. And I know you're advocating for your members in this, uh, as well as the flying public. I mean, touch on that. It's important that everyone realize that safety is our number one priority. We realize that at Southwest Airlines, we only fly 737s. The MAX 8 is important to the success of our airline and so that we still have jobs. It's also important that we, that we have safety, and we have to ensure that 100%. Now, you mentioned you were in contact with Gary Kelly. I'm assuming that you've been in contact with the other unions on the property, the the uh, the pilots as well as the mechanics are working with them. So the COO, Mike Vandeven, after the grounding, I think realized the importance of unions in, in safety matters like this. Mm -hmm. I think it took that for them to realize how important safety issues are because our safety culture has changed. It has changed. And we saw that with the mechanics. Mike Vandeven did start holding meetings with the union leaders. He invited the presidents and their safety representatives to come and they're having regular meetings. We also met with Boeing during those meetings. They gave us updates. Um, I also was invited by Boeing to travel to Seattle uh, where I spoke with leadership at Boeing, chief pilot at Boeing, 
they did uh, put me in the simulator and recreated what happened and how it they could have recovered from it. The pilots could have recovered from it. That was helpful. Um, I went with my safety representative, Michael Massoni, and our vice president of in-flight, Sonia LaCour, and uh, Steve Murtoff, one of the directors of Southwest Airlines Management. It was very great to hear from them and get to speak with them and see in real time what occurred. But again, we're going to be asking those tough questions, and we're going to be making sure that the aircraft is safe. So Bowen's got a lot of work to do, you know, in trying to restore the faith to the flying public as well as the members you represent. Um, Would you agree with that? Yeah, a sense of trust and accountability between Boeing passengers and aviation professionals must be restored. Well, hopefully that happens. We want to get these planes back in the air. I know you do. I know you represent your members well, and uh, everyone deserves accountability and trust. And so Boeing has a lot of work to do. And the FAA as well. The FAA needs to continue investigations and testing until safety is guaranteed. Absolutely. The traveling public deserves the absolute best and the safest product available. Okay, Lynn, let's move away from the 737 MAX and let's talk about contract negotiations uh, with Southwest. Have you opened negotiations yet? Yes, our negotiations started November 1st is when our contract became amendable November 1st, 2018. Okay, and how's it going so far? It's interesting. Management told us and the flight attendants at Southwest that they wanted to get a deal by November 1st of this year. Um, we, we opened last year and they wanted to get a deal by November 1st of this year. And that's interesting because it took them four months to even get information. It, we did a data request in August and we didn't get any information until December. That hasn't typically happened in the negotiations before. We've been able to get the information we needed when it was requested. So if you want negotiations to go along more quickly, you don't deny the information so that we have our opportunity to research the needed areas that we need to research. So if my math isn't failing me, that's about five months you waited for information that you requested. That's that about would, right. That would be vital to negotiations. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. And you mentioned that uh, that's never really happened before at Southwest. Talk about the past, you know, a little bit of how things progressed through negotiations. I know you're You've been a president for a while. When were you elected? Um, actually, this is my first term as president. I was elected as president last May. Okay, well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I worked grievances uh, from 2007 to 2014, so I worked very closely in labor management relations. Um, we did. I did a lot of work filing grievances, doing arbitrations, and I saw how things went behind the scenes, and it has definitely changed. Uh, coming back in 2018, uh, I flew the line from 2014 to 2018, coming back in and seeing that change so dramatically has actually been shocking to me. Just the things that we have to have disagreements about, information requests, basic information requests, our day-to-day challenge, how they want to talk about how we need to follow grievances, how we should be following them, things that we've always been able to do without issue. So those things have actually been extremely detrimental to our labor management relations at Southwest, and there's definitely a change in attitude towards the the unions. That's got to be hard because, I, like I say, I do know that you've had, uh, from, from an outside looking in, it seems that the, it's always been the love airline, great relationship between management and labor and the frontline workers. That's got to be hard for your members to, you know, kind of accept that things are changing. It's very hard. Now, we've always had our challenges. We always had to, you know, fight to get the industry-leading contract that we got years ago when 
we were under Herb Kelleher. Mm -hmm. And now being under Gary Kelly, it's it's a lot more profit-driven rather than employee-centric. Is it fair to say it's a lot more corporate America? It definitely feels a lot more corporate America. We're a bigger airline these days, and they use more corporate tactics than, than we did when it was truly felt like a family. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate that that, you know, that that trend is going that way. But it's uh, important that our members know that I love this airline and so do the members of that negotiating committee. I've been a flight attendant Southwest for 24 years, and that's what we're fighting for when we're fighting at the table. We're fighting to keep this airline, the love airline, and and our unions are doing that. That we're behind that. We're not not wanting to be a successful company. We love our company, but we realize that our success was when it was employee centric and not so profit driven. So, Lynn, tell me some of the things the flight attendants are uh, dealing with today, maybe that might be different than in the past. And, you know, how does that uh, translate into negotiations? You know, one of the things we want to do at the negotiating table is modernize our contract because it the contract is really when we were uh, in a lot of areas, a smaller airline with 20 minute turns. Now our flight attendants have been asked to do so much more that the airline has been expanding. It's expanded, it goes international. We've been asked to deal with, you know, customs forms, international issues. We've have much longer ground times with customers. We're now on board with customers instead of just the 20 minutes where we would deplane and reboard. Now we're with customers for maybe 30 minutes without any boarding or deplaning going on. And we're needing to care for those customers. And that's a time that we are not making any flight pay yet. We're doing similar duties to what we might do at cruise. So that's a continued problem. We are having earlier hotel van times in the mornings, late arrivals we're working more from the hours of one to four than we've ever worked before so we need a new reserve system we need flight attendants to be able to get enough rest and not have to always worry about being called on reserve or one week having to go to work at 3 a.m and the next work coming in at 3 a.m that messes with your circadian rhythms and you can't ever overcome the fatigue. They're more fatigued than ever. We have issues with flight attendants being able to get food. We can pack food, but when you go international, you have issues taking certain foods through customs and it can be problematic. We have to ice our food at night or keep it in a refrigerator if the hotel provides one. So these are all issues that we understand our flight attendants are needing, quality of life issues that are important, the number of reschedules that our flight attendants experience is is too much. And the rescheduling has a d deep impact on their daily lives. And those things need to be addressed by management. They need to understand how important this is to this really dedicated work group. And that all translates back to the customer and the passenger, if you will, and safety, because flight attendants need rest, they need nourishment, you know, and they need these uh, protections within a contract. So they have that so they can take better care of the passengers, right? Yes, and management ma has made some big mistakes. Um, for example, when the they had issues with their technology, uh, flight attendants you know, couldn't work, and there were issues with weather where they could not even get a hotel room, and they were left stranded without hotels all night long. And that's left an impact. So we're, we're wanting management to understand that they need to put the focus on the flight attendants because the flight attendants are putting the focus on making Southwest successful. Okay, let's talk about the 10-hour rest uh, period. Has that been put into place at Southwest Airlines? So the 10-hour rest mandated by the FAA Reauthorization Act 
of 2018 has not been put into place because Congress has not mandated when that should occur and they're going to have a commenting phase now on it. This has been something that has frustrated us. It's complex though as well because uh, we're one and we may be the only airline that had provisions in our contract to make premium pay when we got less than the required FAA mandated rest. That's going to affect that in the contract. It's going to affect the ability to make double time. But our flight attendants are tired and exhausted. So that's something that we're going to have to try to work out at the negotiating table. International Legislation Department has been reaching out to Representative DeFazio and let him know that we need this act to be enacted. It needs to happen. It was passed by Congress. We lobbied for it. And it's time. But couldn't uh, Southwest institute it if they chose without legislation? They could. Their position is that now that there's going to be a commenting phase, it could change. The parameters could change, and they don't want to have their technology. They have to perform their technology and then have to redo it. That's their position. Okay. Well, hopefully that all, that all gets resolved because flight attendants need rest. We definitely need rest. Yeah. Traveling through different time zones and, like you said, you know, internationally and everything else. So hopefully that gets resolved soon. And the full flights, Brian, the flights are so full. The airline runs so hot. They want to fill every seat. And they're, it's very exhausting. Flight attendants were working almost to the max number on board that you can, that you can work for flight attendant ratio. And it's exhausting. What level of participation do your members have in negotiations? Well, this is a member-driven negotiations. So that means that the negotiating committee takes the input from our members directly. We have spoken to them face-to-face, via email. We did initial survey. We've continued to do additional surveys. We want to know from the flight attendants what is important to them, and that's how we tailor what we negotiate at the table. Wow, that's great. It's really important to get to get feedback from them. And we answer emails and they send us emails daily. And as far as contractual updates, do you send those out as well, regular updates? We do. We send updates after every negotiation session. We committed to do that. We are we are actually send our update before the company does. The company has followed. They've copycatted us in doing that. They We bring out our update and then they bring up almost a rebuttal to our update in some cases. And I hope members understand that we are giving them the information and we are there for their best interest. And the company is not there solely for the flight attendant's best interest, but we are. So it's important that our flight attendants understand that we are your voice. Well, at the end of the day, the companies, and it's not just Southwest, uh, they're obligated to protect the bottom line your obligations to protect your members. Absolutely. Well, Lynn, it's been great having you on the show today. It's very insightful. I've enjoyed the conversation. Before we go, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about? I just want to thank you for having me. This has been a great experience, and there is a lot more to talk about, so maybe you'll invite me back at some other time. Absolutely, without a doubt. That would be great. Okay, everyone, um, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next Transport Workers Union Air Division podcast. Have a great day. For more information about the TWU Air Division, visit our website at twu.org forward slash divisions. 
To comment on this or any of our podcasts, email us at airdivisionpodcast at TWU.org. You can listen, download, and stream episodes of our Air Division podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, your favorite Android podcatcher, or your RSS feed-enabled browser. Air Division podcast episodes are also available to stream and download from our website, podcast.twu.org. Music provided under license by Pond5.com. TWU Air Division podcast is produced and engineered by Tommy Engel.